episode number 162 of the Living Deliberately podcast. Hi, this is Shira Gura. Welcome to my podcast, where you'll learn how to get unstuck, get clear, and live your life deliberately. If you're new to me, just so that you know who you're signing up to listen to, I'm the creator of The Unstuck Method and The Clear Way, two groundbreaking self-help tools that promote your emotional health and well-being. I'm the author of the book, Getting Unstuck, Five Simple Steps to Emotional Well-Being, and I'm currently writing my second book, Getting Clear. I teach all about these tools in my workshops, retreats, and coaching programs. I'm married to a wonderful husband named Boaz. I'm the mother of four children. I'm an avid yogini, and I'm passionate about composing music. Thank you so much for choosing to be with me today, and now for today's episode. Hello, my dear friends, and thank you for joining me today. So I want to bring to you a topic that may be difficult for some of you to digest, And I say that only because when I was on my book tour a few years ago, when Getting Unstuck was published, I noticed this was a sensitive topic for many until the people realized and they were really able to appreciate what I was trying to express. But before I do, I want to briefly share with you another iTunes review that I received And I share them with you both because I want the writer of the review to be acknowledged, but I also do this as a reminder to you of how grateful I am when I receive them. Don't forget, creating a podcast or a blog, for that matter, it can often feel really isolating. Because on the back end, while I can see how many people are downloading the podcast episodes, which is wonderful... Unless I hear from you personally, or unless we meet via one of my programs or courses or workshops, I'll never have the chance to have any engagement with you. So if you are able to leave me a review, it's just a really awesome way to create a connection with me because I can't do more in creating connection with you than I already am by offering the podcast. Okay. So this review came from Barb, who I happen to know personally because Barb went through my Getting Unstuck coach training program last year. And Barb is now thriving with her coaching and with her Facebook group, which is called Life's Too Short, Get Unstuck, if you want to check her out. Okay, so Barb wrote, Shira's ability to create, share, and teach emotional well-being tools is not only one of her gifts, but it's a gift to us all. Shira has gifted me with the profound power of better understanding myself. Her tools, compassion, and honesty supports my ability to embrace the challenge of shifting my mindset instead of staying stuck and mindlessly floating through life. I am grateful to have stumbled upon Shira in a podcast over a year ago. I felt an immediate pull towards her message, and my intuition has served me well. Thank you, Shira, for sharing your time, energy, and light. The world is a better place because of you. So it's a good thing I'm not reading that review for the first time, because when I did, I cried, literally, because 
Again, you don't always know the effect that you have on other people until you hear it from them directly, and it's so heartwarming when you do. If you would like to leave me an iTunes review and you don't know how to do that, please visit my website, shiragura.com forward slash iTunes, and there I have left a cheat sheet of directions step-by-step on exactly how to do that. Okay, so in episode 149, I spoke about the importance of determining what it is you want to create in your life. So I'm not going to review what I already expressed in that episode, but what I want to do is look at that concept from another angle, because it's something that has surfaced in my life several times just over the past week, and I wanted to share my thoughts about it with you. So what I've noticed in my life since doing this work of living deliberately is how often my mind tends to go towards blaming others for for anything, right? For my happiness, for my ability to be calm, for my ability to be loving. I don't blame consciously, right? This is the lower brain, episode 146. It's just doing its job of protecting me. That is to say, finding someone or something else to blame is a lot more effective and efficient and familiar than taking full responsibility. And because my lower brain doesn't understand that there's another way to be, that is always going to be its first course of action, that is, to blame. But of course, blaming others for our lack of happiness or success or confidence or whatever is never going to get us anywhere. Blaming others only takes away our own power. It puts us in victim mode, which keeps you back and certainly not in a place to move yourself forward and higher. And yet, without awareness that you do have another part of your brain, your upper brain, your, in particular, your prefrontal cortex, episode 147, that can help you evolve forward you will continue to complain about and blame others for everything. Let me just offer a few examples from this past week. A few days ago, I went hiking with my husband. We traveled about 45 minutes from our home to a beautiful mountain called Mount Gilboa. My husband's brother had organized this hike and invited my husband and his three other brothers to go along. This was the second time this month that my brother-in-law organized such a hike for the five brothers, which is wonderful, really, because I actually believe the other brothers wouldn't initiate hiking on their own or even as a group without the oldest brother doing so. The problem was I wasn't invited. (laughs) I mean, it wasn't really a problem. I didn't need to hike and someone needed to stay back with the kids, I guess. But I wanted to go hiking. And so I asked my husband if it would be okay if I joined, and he said, sure. Now, when we had that conversation, I was literally sitting on the toilet around 6.30 in the morning when my husband called to me and said, bye, I'm leaving. And I was like, wait, wait, hang on. So I finished in the bathroom to give him a hug, and that's when I asked him if I could join him and his brother. 
And he said yes, but he also said I had about a minute to get ready because he was meeting his brother at the starting point of the trail and he didn't want to be late. Okay, fair enough. And I'm so low maintenance. I got out of my pajamas and into my hiking gear and I grabbed a hat with a wide brim and sunglasses and two pieces of fruit and a bag. And I asked my husband how much water he was planning to take. He said he had two liters, one for him and one for our youngest son who was joining us. And two liters, by the way, is like one big bottle of water that you would buy in the supermarket. I don't know how much that is in gallons, but you know, like a big bottle of water. I didn't have a water bottle. And so my husband said, here, just take one of my bottles, one of them that he uses for biking. And we filled it up. He said it would be enough. I went outside. I put on my sneakers instead of my hiking shoes because I was like a bit in a fumble. And off we went. The hike was hard. It was a very, very, very steep hike up a mountain, including ladders that were built into the trail to help you get yourself up. And then there was like a flat walk across the top of the mountain. And then there was a very, very, very steep hike down. It was awesome, actually. I've done that hike before. I really love that hike and that area of the country. Lucky for us, the weather was beautiful. It wasn't too hot. It was a bit cloudy. And it felt like we were on a desert island. I mean, there was not a single other person on the trail that day. It was a perfect day, aside from the fact that I didn't have enough water. I mean, I did, but that's only because I was nervous to finish my water too soon. And so when we were on the hike, I kept sipping it just like a little bit at a time to ensure that I would have enough for the whole hike. And you can probably guess where my mind was going with this, right? The fact that I didn't have enough water was my husband's fault. I didn't have enough water because he told me that the bottle that he gave me would be enough. It actually reminds me of a story that I shared in my book, Getting Unstuck, where my husband and I and our kids were climbing up a different mountain called Masada, and there was also a dispute about how much water we would need for the hike. Anyway, as my water bottle was getting near the end, but we weren't getting near the end of the trail, my mind was like cursing my husband. And it's not by the way that he or my son had much water left in their water bottles because they didn't either. So long story short, I was stuck, but I didn't express it. I got myself unstuck in my mind using the unstuck method by considering that I should have, and I will do in the future, take full responsibility for how much water I bring when I go hiking. My kids are always requested to take two liters per person on the hikes that they go on as school trips. So why should we be any different? The fact that I didn't have enough water was not my husband's fault. It wasn't. And while I know some of you listening may want to beg to differ with me, what I am learning in my life is that I need to take 100% responsibility for my life and stop blaming others for when things don't go the way I want them. Let me give you another example. My husband took my boys to the beach the other day. 
He invited me to go along also, but I wasn't interested. So this was like at seven o'clock in the morning. About an hour later, I receive a text message from my daughter asking if I can drive her to her rehearsal for a show that she's in. And I responded, yes. She said she needed to be there at 10, which means that I would leave the house around a quarter to 10 to take her. I assumed that my husband would be back from the beach by that point because he told me he was only going to be an hour. Just as I was about to grab my keys, I looked out the kitchen window which faces the street to where our cars are usually parked, and I saw that my car wasn't there. Oof! Oh my god, I realized my husband took my car, which I guess for Maybe other people listening to this podcast, if you have a partner or a spouse and you use each other's cars, maybe it's not a big deal. But my husband drives a truck, a stick shift truck, which he drives for work. And he bought this truck about six months ago, and I've never driven it because I have no need to drive a stick shift truck, (laughs) or at least I didn't think I did. The truth is, many times over the last few months, my husband encouraged me to just take the truck for a little quick drive around just to make sure that I know how to drive it in case I would need to, but I never did. And not only that, I didn't even have a key to this truck. I didn't even know if he had a spare key to the truck. So I called him quite frantically, and by chance he was near his phone and he picked it up and he heard my upset. And he was like, why are you upset with me? Why didn't you tell me that you needed the car? I would have come back earlier. Now, all I really needed to know in that moment was if we had a key to the truck. And we did. He told me where it was. I found it. And we got into the truck. And I cautiously drove my daughter to where she needed to go and came back safe and sound. When my husband returned from the beach... I felt him getting upset with me, blaming me for not telling him about the need to take our daughter. But I told him I didn't know. I didn't know that he took my car and I didn't even know she was going to ask me to take her to this rehearsal. So there's really multiple miscommunications in this story. But the point that I want to share with you is that It was so interesting that I was trying to convince my husband that he was wrong, that when he bought his truck six months ago, the first thing he should have done was tell me where the spare key was, just for emergency purposes. It certainly wasn't my responsibility. He had the keys. I didn't have them. That was the case I was trying to make. But there again went my lower brain, trying to protect me. It was so much more effective and efficient to blame him rather than taking 100% responsibility for me learning if we had a spare key to the truck. I could have taken 100% responsibility and I could have asked about a spare key and I never did. Yes, he could have done the same. He could have told me about the spare key, but he didn't. And there I was stuck on blaming him. And it doesn't help me in my life when I do that. If I want to create a certain reality in my life, I need to take 100% responsibility for that, period. I'll give you one more quick example. 
And mom and dad, you might want to close your ears on this one. But without going into much detail, you know, there's a certain ambiance I like to have when I'm with my husband in the bedroom. And I'm not talking about like full-blown ambiance with candles and scents and lights and all of that. I'm basically just talking about having some nice music playing in the background. And more often than not, that's not happening by the time we are, you know, in bed together. And in my mind, I blame my husband for that. Can't he be a little bit more romantic? Why doesn't he think of such things? Why is it always me? But I catch myself. Blaming him is not going to get me anywhere. It never has and it never will. And instead, I consider to myself, where can I take 100% responsibility for the ambiance that I want? It's really just a quick mind shift, but I know for some people, at least, this podcast episode is going to be met with resistance. I just know it. You're not going to like it. You're going to think I'm wrong and that I don't know your particular life and that Whoever you are blaming should indeed be blamed. And if there's anyone listening to this podcast who feels that way, I guess all I would ask is that you consider, remember, considerations are what are in the realm of possibility. So I would ask you to consider where you can take 100% responsibility. What would your life look like if you did? And I can already hear some of you saying, but why always me? It's exhausting. He doesn't take any responsibility. It's not fair. And maybe one day I'll do a podcast episode on that. But my short response to that would be, you are taking responsibility because your life is your business. And that's what you have power over. And you don't have power over anyone else. And if you try to have power over them, you're really only going to set yourself up for disappointment or you're going to enter into a relationship that is based on conditions, the conditions that you create. And I'm not sure that that's really the kind of relationship that you want to be in. It may be easier, but I don't think it's the healthiest one for you or for the other person in your life. So, where can you take 100% responsibility for your life today? Look at just one area of your life. Maybe it's your physical health. Maybe it's a relationship with a spouse or a child or a parent. Maybe it's something relating to work. Where can you stop blaming others and start taking 100% responsibility for the results you want to see in your life? I would love to hear your thoughts on this inside of the Living Deliberately Facebook group. Before I go, I wanted to let you know of one more thing. During the month of May, I led online gatherings called Living Deliberately Together. I facilitated four sessions which offered an opportunity for people who practice living deliberately in their lives, or they want to practice living deliberately in their lives, to come together to share and learn and be inspired. And I had an incredible time. As I mentioned in episode 159, this gathering is going to grow and unfold over time. For now, I have decided to offer it once a month 
on the first Tuesday of every month. If you would like to learn more information, if you would like to receive the link to the gatherings, I post them in my newsletter, as well as inside of the Living Deliberately Facebook group. If you are not in either, please consider joining one so that you can stay in the know for all of my offerings. Okay, my friends, wishing you a wonderful rest of your week. And as always, I look forward to living deliberately with you. Thank you for joining me for this episode of the Living Deliberately podcast. If you liked what you heard today, please share it with a friend or family member who may not know much about podcasting. If they need help, please show them how to subscribe to the show and how they can leave a review. For more information on my workshops, programs, and retreats, please visit me on my website at shiragura.com. See you next week.